0: Gary Parrish, welcome back to the CBS Sports Iron College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel-fighting dodo birds and leaky black men. Norlander is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And as you likely know by now, God, I hope you know by now, God, you know by now. we are dedicating short episodes of the Ion College Basketball Podcast to some of the top-tier prospects leading up to the 2022 NBA draft that is scheduled for next week, June 23rd. We've already done Chet Holmgren. Paulo Bencaro, Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Ochai Abaji. Now we turn our attention to Arizona's Benedict Matherin. I have him going seventh overall in my latest mock draft. Dead leg is that too high, too low, We're just about right? Come on, Duke. Again? Just about right.
1: His range feels, Matherin feels like six is the ceiling. And 10's the floor. I think that's... uh, I'd be very surprised if he went as high as five. And I'd be very surprised if he was still there sitting at 11. Um, He has been trending consistently toward this status for months and months and months. Uh, You know, by the middle of last season, Ben Matherin was clearly Arizona's best player. Now, he was part of the class... With Ajulis Tabellus, Kirk Kreesa, um, that you know, they were uh and Dalen Terry, who's also in this, uh, who's also in this draft class, Arizona's lost a whole bunch of dudes. Like we're not gonna do episodes dedicated to Dalen Terry. He could be a first round pick. Christian Coloco could go anywhere from twenty-five to forty. He's gonna get drafted as well. And Matherin's the uh the prize of this of this class here. But he he ascended. I mean, Ajulis Tabellus, who's a big and uh is, is a much different kind of player. He was the better player as a freshman. He was considered to be the best player in the class. And then Matherin slowly but surely came along and just proved to be what you know they hoped he would become. And he was really a, a year ahead of schedule. He uh he's from Montreal, Canada, Montreal, one of the best cities in North America, and as a sophomore, shot 37% from three. 52% from two is a tremendous athlete. It will be a very good two-way player. You would have to think, uh, we are getting into a portion of these draft profiles where, um, I'm not going to say with hundred percent conviction, he's going to hit and stick for a decade, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did. Um, he is a tier below some of the other guys we've talked about. He, we are doing his episode after we're doing the Ochai Baji one, but he is by most indications going to be taken before Oshai Abadji. And yet I was having this exact conversation with an NBA scout earlier this week. Um, cause we were getting to talking about, you know, your thoughts on uh, Abaji and where he should go. And he's, he's, you know, he's an older player. I mean, Matherin Matherin's not even he's, he's about to turn 20, literally, but he'll turn 20 days before the draft happens there. And yet I find myself saying, ah. I think I just I, I think I trust Abadji more overall, which isn't to th- say anything bad about about Matherin. I just he's he's six six two ten, true wing, you know, good handle, re- you know, nice shot. the The shot is a little bit takes a little bit long to develop. He kind of it, it starts low, high release. Maybe some some tweaking that can be done there, but um, a, a clear cut top ten pick. I do like the eval here. It'll be interesting to see who takes him and how he is used because he's pretty adaptable, but he might be a guy who enters the NBA having come off this really strong. He was best playing in the Pac-12 last season, uh, but I'm not convinced that he is going to be an immediate impact player. It might take him a few years to really find his footing, develop into something that, you know, he could be a top three, top four guy on a roster.
0: I think he can play as a rookie, like play meaningful minutes for a good team. If he is selected by a good team, you know, obviously in the range where he's, probably going to be picked uh there's more bad teams than good that's the way the lottery works but um i i could see him playing meaningful minutes as a rookie for a good team like you said um still 19 um so young ish for a sophomore um still one of the younger players in the draft six foot six wing six nine wingspan eight foot eight standing reach he averaged 17.7 points 5.6 rebounds assists and 32.5 minutes uh, per game this past season. In two years at Arizona, I trust the shot. He shot 38.3% from three in two seasons, made 36.9% of his 6.1 attempts per game this past season, and so obviously had a better percentage on fewer attempts as a freshman, but – uh, two year college sample size says he's a legitimate shooter. Like you mentioned, high release. I, I think that's ideal. Uh, the mechanics are are mostly strong. I don't think there's really a, a lot you got to fix there. Would you like it to be a little quicker? I, I guess. But um, a six six guy who releases it um, at, at a high point—that um, that's that's you know it's a good place to start. I think the shooting is a is a translatable skill. Uh, a, a strength he as you said is is from Montreal he's the latest great Canadian prospect and there's been a, a lot of those over the past decade uh, I guess with the way these NBA finals are unfolding um, Andrew Wiggins uh, being a, a, a nice example of that consensus All-American this past season Pac-12 player of the year simply put he's one of many like Obagi uh, athletic wings who can shoot in this draft. And and those guys are really valuable in the NBA right now. You you can't have uh, too many of them. You know, he's could catch lobs, dunk on, had the, you know, murdered Eddie Lampkin in, oh, in the NCAA tournament. Top five play of the tournament. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Christian Coloco, if I remember correctly, caught it on the block and, um, you know, Matherin cut and caught the pass one dribble if I remember it correctly you you
1: obviously looked at the play again before we did this episode there's no way you're recalling this from memory in in the middle of march
0: let's be real i meant if i remember correctly from last night okay when i watched it <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so
1: I just want to make sure you're not pulling. You're not pulling that out of the old memory box from sitting in the studio on March 19th or whenever that. Was.
0: I do remember
1: it on What'd March. You tell me about the. What do you remember from the play three times? Three plays before that. Why don't you call that one from memory?
0: I just remember feeling bad for Eddie Lampkin.
1: <laughs> How can you not, man? That's just and Mathurin's is just awesome physical, aggressive wing. That part of his game. So clear and obvious to see and would love to see him continue to flourish in that way at the NBA level parish. He's got he's got tremendous potential because he is an unafraid player and willing and able not just to take it to the rim, but he actually has the capability of putting it on the deck and getting there with some force.
0: You're making fun. But the truth is, I don't always remember things from last night. That's
1: also true. I know that all too well. I know <laughs> I, I, I I kind of stepped, put you out on a ledge there for a second. So
0: like know. so like if I remember correctly from last night. <laughs> And I may or may not, you know. It's a late, it's a late night. Uh, Christian Coloco was credited with the assist. Um, He, uh, I I think, has passing ability. Um, Although you wouldn't call him a great passer right now, but you know, he 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 has ability to be a a good passer. Um, Also turned it over a little bit. That you know, so that that kind of stuff maybe cancels each other out. Uh, The weaknesses you mentioned uh projects as a as a two-way wing and i think he can be a two-way wing but he wasn't a two-way wing at arizona uh like and and we've talked about this with other prospects and i think you and i are in agreement here unless you don't have the physical tools capabilities to be a, a, a at the very least a good defensive player um then then i'm not worried about if you weren't a great defensive player in college um you know uh, he, he's 6-6 so he's got de- you know good size for a wing he's a, a great athlete uh, moves his feet well or at least can move his feet well the problem is he doesn't always move his feet well but but he can and so you know if um you know at at Arizona he got you know caught up in screens a lot um a lot of ball watching, but I, I think it's just a focus intensity thing. Um more than a he can't do this thing. So I don't I don't think he was a two-way, a great two-way wing at Arizona, but he can be a a real legitimate two-way wing in, in the NBA. They you know, just the fundamentals gotta get a little better on defense and the focus, the the desire to be a quality defender has to be there. But there's nothing there's nothing physically that will prevent him from doing that. And and that's why I, it, it's, it's, if you're, and with these draft profiles, often it's like, these are the strengths. These are the weaknesses. If you put, if you're putting a list of weaknesses, what he was on defense at Arizona is a weakness, but I don't know that it's actually a long-term weakness unless he just decides I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And if he doesn't want to do that, then he doesn't need to be picked where, where I want him to be picked.
1: with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603
2: for complete details. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, TaylorBrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T A I L O R B R A N D S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Some of
1: the feedback I've gotten on him and some of the workouts he's done is uh, the capability on that side of the ball. On that side of the court, however, you want to phrase it, is really good. He has firmed up his top ten status by basically passing every single possible workout. And he's a guy who the tape it shows well, and then it looks good getting getting off the bus, if you will, in workouts. Just there's not there's not a lot not to like about Matherin and his size, his capability, uh, the defense that you know. I am hearing that his ceiling is a bit higher than some might be pinning to the him and that, and that in part has to do with, with how he played. Also, I'll mention this. He was able to thrive relatively speaking. I mean, he was better as a sophomore than he was a freshman, but he, he was, he was good as a freshman as well. Uh, You know, recruited by Sean Miller goes to Arizona. Miller leaves. He stays, with Tommy Lloyd, with the majority of that roster, and then helps turn Arizona into one of the surprise stories in the sport. I mean, the Wildcats were the number one seed in the region and one of the three best teams in the country last season. And it was expected that Arizona would be somewhere between, say, 25 and 50 heading into a season ago. And one of the biggest reasons why they were one of the best teams in the country was the consistent play Of I agree with you on the passing. Uh, There's no doubt about that. He is, he can be uh, sloppy. He's not a point guard though. He is, he is a wing like he is, he will be slotted into the two or the three spot, depending on who he plays with, who he's going against. And I do think that he will have uh, a real nice role in an offense, but he needs some definition to his game overall. Uh, But still there's plenty. There's plenty of things to be excited about, by the way little history lesson here. Arizona top 10 picks since the, since the early 90s. Top 10. Bison Dele went 10 in 91. Jason Terry went 10 in 99. In 04, Iggy went number nine. In 05, Channing Fry went eight. 09 a year later, Jordan Hill went eight. In 2015, Stanley Johnson, who in some ways is the closest comp from Arizona guys. To what Matherin is, um, Stanley Johnson went eight overall, was a much higher rated and more well-known prospect when he went into Arizona than, than Matherin was necessarily. And then your highest picks uh, over the past 25 to 30 years, Damon Stoudemire went seven. Laurie Markkinen went seven in 2017. Aaron Gordon went fourth in 2014. And your top three picks, Sean Illion, 89, went three. Mike Bibby went two. Mike Bibby went two, my man, in 1998. I bet you forgot that Uh, Derek Williams famously went to 2011 after having an outrageously good sophomore season, which included a very good NCAA tournament run. And then DeAndre Ayton, who seems to be on his way out of Phoenix, uh, the only number one overall pick that happened in 2018 out of Arizona, where Matherin will land eventually among this group uh, is really tough to tell. To be honest, if he had the career of Stanley Johnson, would that be good enough? Would that be acceptable to where he's going to be drafted overall? feels like that would be falling short of what he should be. But the fit will certainly uh, be intriguing to see wherever he does happen to land. Uh, But again, for me, ceiling six, floor 10, uh, he seems pretty firmed up and locked into that range.
0: Yeah, he was a sub 100 prospect coming out of high school. He was a part of, I don't know if this is, um, this is just the way I remember it. Um, It it got to a point with the NCAA cloud um, over the Arizona program that um, it it felt like, you know, like this class that that turned Arizona into a one seed in the Pac-12 it wasn't supposed to, I don't remember it being like that type of class. There was a lot of guys in the class, but.
1: International too.
0: Yeah, it was heavy on international players. And zero top fifty guys. Like I'm looking at it right now, Dalen Terry was uh, 52nd in the class, and he was the highest rated prospect uh, in that class. So this was the Arizona program that was, you know, grabbing McDonald's All-Americans and five star guys, and then suddenly, uh, with this class, that didn't happen. But it was these guys who turned, um, who who made Arizona. I, I think sometimes this. You know, because they were banned from the NCAA tournaments, like I, they were they were pretty good in Sean Miller's last season. They just were banned from the NCAA tournament, and then of course Tommy Lloyd takes over and 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 really, you know, just takes it to a, a level that I don't think any of us saw coming. We all thought Arizona would be good, but I, I think most of us stopped short of Arizona will be great in year one or Tommy Lloyd. But they were great. I mean, that was a great basketball team that you know could have reasonably won uh, a national championship and and Benedict Mather and you know going from a sub 100 high school prospect to a good freshman to a great sophomore was among the biggest reasons why and like you mentioned I I don't know that they'll have three first round picks guaranteed to have one but but could possibly have three first round picks that's not too big of a stretch um, which I, I guess just underlines the idea that uh, that Arizona roster um, that was assembled for the most part under Sean Miller um, was more talented than it projected to be when those guys were enrolling at Arizona.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And the reason why Matherin another reason why Matherin was able to thrive at Arizona under under Tommy this past season, um, he was he was highly efficient at uh, in, in dribble handoffs, really, really good cutter. I did check his synergy numbers. Um, uh, you know, he he was well over a point per possession when he was going up against both uh, zone defenses and his ability to make successful reads off of, off of pick and roll. So he has shown good development uh, overall. He is a good pick and roll kind of player, which is another reason why that he'll go in the top 10 because he rates as an excellent player when he faces pick-and-roll situations uh, and whether he will be the guy that's rolling, the guy that's looking to pass out of it. I mean, he had uh, well over you know 1.15 points per possession scoring, um, going to the left side. He can use both hands relatively well, which is another uh, benefit to him. And in a lot of the pro sets that Tommy was running... Uh, he seemed to have a, a comfort to it and he could, it, it he didn't lean to one side of the floor or the other. And he was good in the middle of the shot clock as he was late in the shot clock. He was a good rebounding wing, obviously uh, you know, for what they were asking him to do. Uh, he was opportunistic when needed to be with that playing on a team that had certainly no shortage of size. He still got his. So, All of those things have, they paint a very convincing picture to a top 10 NBA prospect. He's not a dynamite knockout sure thing. Uh, I'm not convinced that he will get to the league and be able to reliably average 15 points a game. He might. I'm just not convinced that'll be the case. Again, it's going to to come down to what team wants to take him and what role he'll be asked to do in that uh, once he is drafted there a reminder on if you're listening to this and you're trying to sort out six to 10, Indiana's at six and there is buzz for him to Indiana at six at this point. I'd say that's, that's legitimate. Um, Portland has seven. The Pelicans have eight. I'd say that's probably the second noisiest The Spurs at nine, the wizards at 10. I am not going to even pretend that I can sit here and sort through and tell you the details and ins and outs of every single one of those roster situations with all those teams. But, in uh, the few conversations I have had about him with people at that level. It's believed that his fit is best with Indiana at this point, or at least in, in anticipation of what the Indiana roster situation will be. I wonder if they will go that hot. If, if Indiana sitting there at six and he's there, if they do wind up taking him or if they like if Shaden sharp, who we've talked about, will they wind up going with him there? Um, where Matherin winds up falling is going to be an intriguing plot line to me, GP on, on draft night as we're doing this on HQ next week, because I think basically once you get to six, if Indiana doesn't take him, then you, then you present Portland and if Portland doesn't take him, you present Nola and if Nola doesn't, you present the Spurs and then the wizards where, you know, you have something here that's pretty good. Um, and is it, is it going to be a situation where you're going to wind up taking him uh, or will another team kind of throw a curveball at you and 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 muck it up just a little bit i don't know i don't know yeah I, I i don't know where he will land uh but i i think that he is well built to probably adapt it pretty much any of those situations the wizards to 10 would be the the worst case scenario not just because it's the last spot in the top 10 and i just i can't see him going to the next at 11 uh the wizards just have the worst situation of any of those teams i think clearly and by far if you're Matherin and you're in his camp you're hoping by any means, just get us to uh, to anywhere but that spot at ten.
0: Yeah, I, I I think by the time let's just focus on New Orleans for a minute uh, because I th- I think that's an interesting uh, franchise you know in this moment. Uh, by all indications, they're gonna max out Zion despite all of the weight and injury problems, which I agree with. By the way, you just can't. What what are you supposed to do? He's a uh, you know he's a, a generational talent. He's still very young. You just gotta hope that it, it works itself out. And uh doing anything other than offering the max seems short-sighted and actually riskier than than giving him the max. So if Zion's gonna be the centerpiece of what you're doing, you know, the, the way you surround them seems obvious to everybody. You shooters, you just want sh- like one of the and like Duke was awesome when Zion was at Duke because they didn't go to the final four people called that that team was awesome. Uh, they just didn't go to the final four. It happens sometimes, but one of the real roster issues there was they did not have him surrounded by shooters and he was it uh, overwhelming and unstoppable, despite the fact he had no space to operate in, which just speaks to his talent and strength and all of that stuff. But in the NBA, you want to surround him with shooters and so I would, if I'm New Orleans, I'm I'm prioritizing that in this draft. There, there aren't many franchises that, if I'm picking in the top ten, I'm actually looking at fit as opposed to best player available. But in New Orleans, I kind of am looking for fit as well because I'm trying to find somebody who fits with Zion, and you know Benedict Matherin is a, a wing who can shoot. So if you look at most mock drafts, there, there's there's probably by the time you get to eight, there's six guys that are are off the board. And, and you know, it's Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Bencaro, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp. Like, those six seem like they'll be off the board. So, depending on what Portland does, like, I, I'm looking at eight. I'm looking at Benedict Matherin, if he's there. A.J. Griffin, if he's there. Oche Abaji if he's there. Like, those are the three guys I'm looking at right there because I do think they... Um, they are at least under consideration for best player available, but they're all what? Guys who play on the wing who can really shoot it. I, they, they, I, I if you know, it, all of them. Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah, at the same time, still different players like, yeah, different players, but they all, they all check that
0: box. Yes, yes. Wings who can shoot. And so, you know,
1: if you're looking for the toughest player of those three, I would say that's Matherin. In my opinion, I think he's, he's, he is the most durable, toughest hard-nosed of those three in my opinion
0: yeah i I could argue um for any of those three over each i think they're all in the same range you know in that 6 to 12 range i could argue for you told me hey here's 10 hey if if like if live golf wanted to offer me 400 million dollars to argue for any of them i could i could probably make a decent argument for any of them um but if i'm like if you're Matherin, like that's that's what you're looking at, and and franchises are looking for players like him, so he won't be around too long. I, I don't think he'll be. I believe he's got an invite to the green room. Either. I don't. I don't think he'll be the last guy sitting in the green room. He will not. Nope. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hawk Larnell. Thank you guys once again listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcast including Apple and Spotify and Apple leave a nice review more of us than there are of them and uh, I think the plan I think the plan is to be back tomorrow morning that's right June 16th that's right where we will discuss that's right if I remember correctly from that's yesterday right. Jalen Duran little, oh, little old little Jalen Duran.
1: let's <laughs> try Prepare and strap in. I might just turn my <laughs> mic off for this entire next episode.
0: <laughs> Little old Jalen Darren. We'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs> Till then, take care.
2: On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're <laughs> not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+.